Now, there are some similarities um, if you look at it between the government program and, and God's witness protection program. The U.S. witness protection program where uh, they, they provide significant counseling and they help to uh, enable this radical life change. And God does the same thing with us. He gives us assistance to enter uh, this new life with confidence uh, of success. Um, and what Bill had mentioned last week was in the Federal Witness Protection Program, they have never lost one person that followed the rules. It's always when they get outside of what they've been told to do, they get found out, they get caught. And, and God um, tells us that if we follow him, we're going we're gonna to have success. So in order to achieve success, and this is, this is a review from last week, um, the past crimes of the person must be dealt with. The individual uh, begins to testify and align with their testimony, which means, uh, and, I, and I'll cross it over uh, for both ways. When the past crimes are dealt with, we have to deal with, with our issues, our sin, with God. We deal with the things of the past. And, um, and it says that he testify and they align with their testimony. What we do is we repent. We, we say what we did wrong. We say what we need. And we begin to actually believe that what we did was wrong in life. And um, it doesn't line up with what God wants us to do, much like they do. Uh, they will receive a new identity. They become a new person. Um, God wants to give us that. He gives us a new identity when we enter in uh, to his kingdom. And the individual is relocated, and he gets a fresh start in life. And uh, you know what I see with that is we may not get relocated, but we, we get taken out of the, the culture of the world, and we move into the culture of the kingdom. And the new life is found in that culture. Um, but we're in the world, but we're in God's kingdom in the world, and it's a different place. Uh, so rules for success. They have to leave their old life of crime. We have to leave our old ways. We have to learn new ways. Um, some have to leave their acquaintances. They can't, you know, the, the guys in the witness protection program, they can't do that at all. God's witness protection program, you can't, sometimes the, the influences that are around you have to find people that are feeding good things into you. Uh, you leave your old ways of thinking, you know, the ways that you used to think. Now you, you think the way that God wants to. Embrace new ways of making a living. Some, it, it might be a job change or a career change that you, you're looking to make. Uh, you have new friendships, new allegiances, uh, and then you embrace your new identity. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Not. <laughs> you know why? Because we're not familiar with it. We're not familiar with that. How do, you, how do you embrace something that you're not familiar with? There were, there were five, I believe it was five, one, two, three, four, five, five core influences. I don't know if it came, did it come up on there? It looks like it cut off my mind. Um, it was the mind, the activities, your job or school, and I don't know if it's up there, is it? Okay, good. Circle, um, and then your investments. Those are the core influences that Bill brought up last week that will actually define the new life that, that we live. Uh, the circle is who is with us. Uh, where do we seek advice or direction? 
typically that's our family, our coworkers, or our friends. The mind, what is going into and coming from the attitudes and thinking of our minds, and what do they promote? Do they promote old life? Do they promote new life? Or do they promote nothing? Just, we had a, a, I had a conversation this morning with a a young man. Um, We were talking about the sermon, and we we were talking about old life and new life. And is there really nothing, is there really something that you can invest and get nothing out of? And, and what he had told me was, he said, you know, I just, I just try to survive. I'm just here to survive one, one more day, one more day. And it's like, you know, that is a, it's not, a, it's not the way God called us to live. It's not the way. And I, and I think that's the nothing piece that, that you can find yourself investing into every day. Uh, it doesn't promote an old life. It doesn't promote new life. It just exists. And, um, and that, that happens. And our activities, uh, these are the things that we're choosing to engage uh, in to promote the old life, the new life, or again, nothing. And then job or in school, I'm looking for some teenagers. There's some teenagers around here. Um, our jobs, our means of living, and our responsibilities in society, do they reflect this new identity or new life? Um, do they promote the new life? Um, or do they become idols? And do they actually, do we take on our identity from, from these places, from our schools or our jobs? What people say about us there uh, is really, really easy to do. Um, depending on what you do, I can tell you, being in sales is exactly what they want you to do is you, you are everything about that company, and you sell that every day of your life. God's saying, sell me. I'm more important than that. Uh, but the world will tell you something different. And then your investments. How do we spend? How do you spend your time and your money and your talents? And do they reflect and promote new life, old life, or again, nothing? You get nothing out of it. What are you investing in? So, in, in putting this together, we're going to be talking about today one of the core influences. We talked last week about the circle, uh, about our influences in, in uh, family and friends and coworkers. Today, we're going to be talking about the mind and uh, how um, we can transform our mind that God has made a way for us to do that. He has given us instructions on how to transform our minds so that we can operate in the new life that God's called us to. So I, I, had, I found this clip. My mother-in-law might like this one a lot. Um, it's uh, My Blue Heaven with uh, Steve Martin. Uh, and uh, it's funny. He's, a, he's a, a mobster, again, that goes into the witness protection program. And he, he gets his new identity, his new life. But it, it, there's no effect it's like it's given to him, but he doesn't take it, and he doesn't see the changes. And so what you'll see in the trailer is all of the things that he tries to bring the old life into the new life instead of accepting the life that, that was given to him. And I just thought it was a great analogy of, of what it looks like when we try to live 
bring the old here. We don't accept uh, the new life that God has given us. Is it up? Let's play it real quick so we get some sound on it. Have a nice day. Oh, that's not it. Good morning, sir. Would you like to try a vanilla brown oat crunchy? That's part of it, though. That wasn't it. Went the wrong piece. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm sorry about that. I thought we had the the right clip. If he gets it later, we can. Um, But what you'll see, and it's a great, it's a great visual because in the very beginning, you know, he's saying bye to his mom. He has to leave his family. Um, and you see him just kind of exchanging at the airport, and, and then the next thing you know, he's getting his picture taken at the FBI in his uh, kind of his, you know, suburban clothes. He no longer has the Italian suit and things like that. And he goes, and he's standing, I'm a new man. I'm a change man. I'm, you know, he's going through this whole process, and then the next thing you see, they're introducing him to his house, has his suit back on. He can't remember the name that he gave him. His wife can't remember her new name that they gave him, and the whole scene kind of goes on that way. So it's, uh, it, it's a great piece that I think really speaks to the core of what we've been talking about. So in the mind, and I, can you, you can't see, it's too dark. Um, we have, um, that's not right either. They threw that way off. Wow. Can't believe that. All right, so we had identity. Man, my notes. You know what? I can do it right here, guys. Hang on. I know you're recording this, so I just want you guys to know that I want to make sure where you are giving the right information. So I'm going to pull up the PowerPoint. Fine. Um, we have our thoughts. We have our attitudes and our identity that are shaped in the mind. Um, <laughs> when I was, I was putting this together, I was, I was thinking years ago, I, I grew up in this area, actually Austin, and, and then I moved here probably my sophomore year in high school. And um, you know, live in the country. You wear cowboy boots and... Wrangler jeans to school when I was, I was, uh, I was, I I guess they call them back in the eighties. You were a kicker if you wore boots. You know that term? You ever heard that term? Yeah. Yeah. You heard that? So, so I kind of identified with the kicker and, and, and I was that way anyway. My dad was a good old country boy. And so, um, I kind of grew up that way. And I remember I joined the military and I left and I met a whole nother group of people. We had people from all over the world that, that we, we, we went to basic training they were all over the country, uh, I should say. And so I met people from, you know, Philadelphia and people from the West Coast and people down in Florida. And, uh, and I, I made a really good friend of mine, and he had spent a lot of time in Korea. And we ended up at a, a permanent duty station together. And I remember the first time I went home, I flew... Uh, Southwest was coming home, and I hadn't seen Kim. She's not in here right now. Uh, in a long, she hadn't seen me in a long time. And my buddy in Korea, when he was over there, he was, he was from Philly, and he was very fashion-sensed. I mean, 
he had silk pants, he had the silk shirts, you know, we had the pants rolled up tight down at the bottom, you know, with the shoes and those socks. And um, I thought, man, that, that's kind of cool. So I started to dress like him. So, my, so I started to identify with him when I was hanging out with him, you know. Those are the people, they, they were the influencers in my life then. So I remember getting off the plane, and I had this yellow and black polka dot shirt with these black silk pants rolled up tight at the bottom. And I was coming here, and it was the first time my folks had seen me in probably, uh, I don't know, uh, seven months maybe, something like that. And I'm walking down, and they're there looking at me. My dad's got his boots and his cowboy hat on, and my mom and Kim's there. And I'm walking up, and I mean, I look like, you know, I look like one of the crime guys that you probably see on the deal, you know, walking. My hair was real tight. And, uh, and they were like, and they go, oh, we love you. And then I could just tell they were like, what happened to him? You know? And, and uh, I didn't recognize it at the time, but that's the part that I think in, um, that it's so strong in us. It's in our mind how we can just change and we adapt to our surroundings. Um, and identity is such a huge part of that. You know, the thoughts and the attitudes. So we, we broke it down into five parts. Uh, part one, uh, we are a new creation. New life is flowing, uh, but this, this is only the beginning, that uh, new creation must learn to make decisions, stand its ground, listen, and operate in self-discipline. Wow. Yes. We got what? Oh, we got the clip. Outstanding. Let's see it. They got the clip. Oh, yeah, that's it. I hope it was worth waiting for. Oh, but you guys get it. Turn it up. Former gangster Vincent Vinny Antonelli. I'm a new man. Is being placed under federal protection. Not the old me. Hidden in suburbia. This is the new me. Assigned his own personal FBI agent. Now, this is a real nice house. It's one of the nicest we've ever moved anyone like you into. Hey, Linda, what do you think? I always promised you a nice house somewhere in America. Let's not get carried away, okay, Vinny? Uh, it's going to be a lot easier if you two start calling each other Terry and Todd. It's a nice house, Terry, okay? No, you're Terry and he's Todd. <laughs> Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. And even is nice. This is my job. I get paid. You don't tip FBI, man. Sure you do. That leads you to mine. The man is a government asset. He has to testify at two major mob trials in New York in the immediate future. Being in the witness protection program may save Vinny's life. Boom! I just want you to keep your nose clean. Capisce? You trying to say capiche? Yeah. Well, don't do it, because it hurts my ears when you do it. But who's going to save the suburbs from Vinny? You know, it's dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because you could melt all this stuff. The comedy that asks the question, can an urban hood find suburban hood? Would you like to try a vanilla brand oat crunchy? What do you think? Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. Have a nice day. Up yours. <laughs> okay. I hope, he's, I hope that actually was worth pulling up and helping you guys understand. 
believe it or not, it really looks like that a lot of times when uh, we are called into new life, and we just can't let go of the past. We can't let go of the old life. And actually, it's a great show, and, and I think he redeems himself by the end of it. So uh, anyways, uh, we're back to where we were at. Um, part one, uh, we are a new creation. New life is flowing, but this is, the only, uh, but this is only in, in the beginning. Uh, the new creation must learn to make decisions, stand its ground, listen, and operate in self-discipline. So we are new creation. Second Corinthians 5, 16 through 17, uh, the New International Version tells us, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone in Christ or is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Don't you wish it were that easy? Hey, when you said yes, and God came in, it was just, it's easy then, right? God says you got to work. There's some stuff you need to do. And uh, part two is our mind will play in the success or the failure of this new life that God has called us into. Ephesians 4, 22 uh, through 24 in the NIV version again, uh, it says being made new in the attitudes of our mind. You know, we talked about thoughts. We talked about attitudes. We talked about identity. Um, it says you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupt by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to put on the self created to be like God in true righteousness and and holiness. So, we don't continue to operate in the world's culture, but we allow God to come in and transform us into uh, the new person by the way we think. We begin to think like God thinks. Romans 12, 1 through 2 in the message says, so here's what I want you to do. And this is, this is what Peter is saying, this is what you need to do. If you want to think like God, do this. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out, readily recognized what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. He does that if you do what? If you take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walk around life, and you, and you put it before God. You know when you do that? Every day. Not Sunday morning. Every day. You won't, you won't make it without that. 
You won't make it without inviting God into your life every day, every circumstance that you're going through. So how does this work in us? How is it working in you? How is it working in me? Colossians 3, 1 through 10, we're going to kind of break it up a little bit. 3 through 4 says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is in your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I'm going to tell you, I could get up and tell you stories and I could preach to you, but I would much rather tell you what the Bible says you need to do because this is how we do it. There's no other way, and there might be a lot of scripture here, but I want you to listen to what it says because these are the things, if we don't do these things, we're going we're gonna to be like Vinny. We're going to be in a new life, but we're going to look sane. We're not going to be changed. And when it says here that um, uh, you died to this life and your real life is hidden in Christ, uh, with Christ in God, some of you may have been baptized. Some of you may have not. We are having a baptism that's coming up soon. I think Kim mentioned it today. Um, it really is just a symbol of, of saying, I'm dying. When, when, when you're there and you confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior to the world, it may be 20 people from this room but what you need to understand is it's not the 20 people that are in front of you, that you are proclaiming to all creation that God is your Savior, that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And when you say that, you put off all of the things of your past, just like it says in the Bible. You've given all that over, and you've asked him to come in and renew you and give you new life. So when you go under the water, that's the symbolism of you die. You have a spiritual death. And when you come back up, you have entered into the new life. That's what this is telling us. So when you do that, now we start to work on the things that are going to help us be successful in the life God has called us to. So it's why we're talking about the mind today. That's what we're talking about, focusing on the things of, of the kingdom, not of the earth. Think on the things not of the earth, it says. We think on godly things, and we'll get godly fruit. You think on earthly things, you're going to bear earthly fruit. And that's the life that we chose some of us, I don't know about all of us, but some of us have chose that we don't want that anymore. We want what God has for us. So God says, come and get it. It's here. Come and get it. You know, it's like going into the grocery store and walking out with an empty basket. We never put anything in and take it with us. It's all around us, you know. Um, so uh, we are told the things we need to get rid of. We are told uh, to put on the new nature and be renewed um, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. 5 through 10 says this. 
in Colossians. Uh, this, and this was a New Living uh, translation, by the way. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worship the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do uh, these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger and rage, uh, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So the old life becomes mastered with the renewing of our minds. So desires, our desires, instead of being earthly desires, become God's desires. I've always, there's, there's, a, there's a scripture, um, and I don't have it off the top of my head, but you, you've probably heard that God will give you the desires of your heart. Have you heard that before? You know why he'll do that? Because they're his desires. If you're lined up with him and you're living the life that he's called you to, the desires that you have are his. So when, they get, when he gives that to you, he's just giving you what he wants to happen in your life. You, you ever figure that out? It's like sometimes we think, well, if, we just, if we're good enough, God will do this for me and God will do that for me. What is God doing? That's the question you need to ask. God, what are you doing in my life? Change my heart to be like your heart so that my desires are your desires. And then the Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart because you're faithful to God and you have changed. You have changed. You know, Vinny probably would love to go back to his old life. That was probably the desire of his heart. But that's not what he, he chose. He chose a new life. So allow the new desires, the godly desires to take over and replace those earthly ones. Greed. We replace greed with, with being a giving person. You want to give. God is the resource. He has all we need. So we give. Uh, envy. We don't envy. We become compassionate. We're compassionate people. Uh, the things of this world have zero value anymore. There is no value to what the world can offer us compared to what God has promised us. So we, we, we don't look to the things of this world. We look to the things of the kingdom and the things to come that God has, has promised us. Uh, anger and rage are replaced with love and despair is replaced with hope. That's how you renew and transform your mind when you start to look at things this way and you start to experience, you get rid of, you throw off greed and envy and anger and rage and you allow uh, God to replace those with the things that are going to, to bring you the new life that you so desperately want. In part three, God comes to the rescue in the battle of the mind. And, I, and this, is, this is so key because we can't do it on our own. God is, is going to give us what we need to do it. Uh, he brings powerful a new life equipping. He gives us everything we need. It tells us 
in um, um, equipping us for the battle of the mind. It tells us in 2 Timothy 1 through 7 in the New Living again, New Living Translation, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So God's tools will never fail. God's power will never fail you. God's love will never fail you. God will give you self-discipline. If you ask him for it, God will give you self-discipline where you struggle with the things of the past. God will remove them. He has the power to do that. And we use, you could take power, love, self-discipline. You take those tools and you go back two slides to the desires and the greed and the envy and the things of this world that have no value, and you start to apply God's power and God's love and God's self-discipline into those areas of your life, and your mind will be transformed. You will master the old life and move into the life that God has, has called us into. God has put his presence in us. God lives in each one of us. He has his truth. If you look at John 16, 13, in the NIV, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak uh, only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. God's presence is in you. Wisdom, James 1, 5, in the uh, NIV says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God's presence is in us. God's light is in us. John 8 through 12 in the NIV says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's in you. God is in you. Those things are there. And those things will be, truth will be given. Wisdom will be given. And God's light will be shown through you. That new life will, will beam into a world, into a culture that, that doesn't know it. And they will be attracted to that. Part four, how do we renew our mind? We must take charge of our minds. We must embrace with a new sense of purpose the role and power uh, we are given to enter in and grow in this new life. You know, our minds, whether you know it or not, they really are the ultimate hard drive. You want to look at it in the sense of a, a computer. What goes in and out of the mind is, is critical. Uh, we think we can look at anything and walk away. And God reveals that the mind is a very, very powerful hard drive. It's, it's like Facebook or the Internet. If you don't know this, everything you do on the Internet could probably be tracked, found, you think you wipe out a hard drive? Now, Brad probably knows a, a lot about computers, but they have ways of finding things you just think is gone. I heard a day 
Just so you know. So without, it's the same way in our minds. Without God's help, nothing that goes in is ever gone. Did you know that? Nothing that goes in is ever gone. Everything will carry some form of power from within, uh, whether you are aware of it or not. Everything you take in, you don't, you might not even know it's there. How many of you have kind of experienced that before? Or you, you had something come up and you didn't even, you completely forgot it, and then all of a sudden it comes back up. You been there? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, songs. I mean, it just could be things in your past even, you know? Um, Romans sixteen nineteen and the NIV says, but I want, and this is the second half, and actually this is, this is kind of, uh, I didn't put the first half up. I almost wished I would have. Um, but what uh, Paul is doing is he's actually encouraging the guys about their obedience. They, they've done so well. But the back half of this scripture says, after he says, man, you, you guys, you know, your obedience, you're doing good. Then he says, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Know what is good. Live in those, those places. Know what the scripture says. Know how to live in this world. God tells us that. We had uh, last week, we had uh, some guests, and they've been a couple of times. They're not here today. Um, and somebody else, actually, that is here today. There were a couple of people. They weren't leaders in the church. Bill had some scriptures up there. He had the wrong first numbers on it so at the end of church somebody asked went up and he just actually put the wrong number say the right book just the wrong number the right chapter but the wrong number and I thought wow somebody was sitting here and actually had the bible open and was following along they just didn't read what was up here and um there's one person here that today that was a part of that and then the other the other folks aren't here but I thought that's somebody that, that values God's word. And they're in God's word. And when they saw it, they knew. They said, well, hey, you know, let's just make And it, it was kind of a good checkpoint to say, Bill's like, oh, man, that's great. Sometimes when you're putting these things together, you're grabbing here and grabbing there, and you're reading your Bible, but it's easy to, to have errors. Um, so I, I think it's great, but it just shows that they value the word of God. And in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. Translated, the Lord is near, trust him, talk to him, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ. You will have a guard over your heart and your mind if you trust God. The songs we sang today, they, they weren't by accident. It helps when I'm putting the, the sermon together that I want songs to reflect what the message is today. So we tell God, we will hold on to you. 
Even when I fall, you help me stand. And when I'm lost, you take my hand. So out of our, out of our desperation and need for God, we cry out songs like, I will trust you in times of trouble. That's what this is saying. When you're in these places, you know, understand that God is with you and that his peace, his power, his love, his self-discipline will help you succeed in changing our life. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received, heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You want to master the old life in your mind? You want transformation? You want something new, Mike? You do, don't you? Then do what God has called us to do. This isn't Bill's message. This isn't Jeff's message. This is the message of the gospel given to us to live the life. We have an old life. We have new life. We have nothing. And I'm going to tell you what. You can take that scripture that I just read, and you can focus on each one of those things. Did that slide up? Yeah. You can focus on what is true. And if you find truth in your old life, then that's, that's the fruit you will bear. If you find something noble that you held on to in the old life, that's what it will bear. You can apply it to any one of those things. But when you said, yes, I want the new life that you have for me, God, then God says, focus on the things that I say are true. Focus on the things that I say are noble and that I say are right and that I say are pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent. If you think about those things, you're going to change the world. You're going to change the world because your mind is going to change to think just like Christ, just like God. And when we can do that collectively as God's people, it's powerful. When we all get on the same page, it's his page. It's not ours. There's a, um, the last one, it's just real simple. We, we put all of this into practice. We start to, to, to put these things in our day, everyday, ordinary, sleeping, walking, working, whatever we do, life. And we start to practice the things that we know bring change in a way that we can reflect the new life that we said yes to. That's the part that, that I think that we forget sometimes. We signed up. We signed up for this. But I didn't just sign up to just come play a worship set or, you know, spend 15 years of my life at one church just to have some social time together. I signed up because I want it to change me. I, I want, and it's a struggle every day 
to reflect and let the light of Christ come out. It's a struggle every day. Um, this last one is, and why don't you guys go ahead and stand, if you would, for me. <clears throat> I was going to give you something to, to think about. And I started looking at these quotes on change. Found some stuff from Albert Einstein. Found another quote from a guy that says, you can't change the world if you don't change yourself. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty profound. It has to start here first before we can change the world. Um, but the one that stood out to me wasn't a scientist or, well, uh, renowned, uh, you know, world leader, uh, or wasn't, uh, you know, so, uh, somebody that's that's way above any anything that I would ever uh, aspire to be for as far as smart and you know college professors and things of that nature. It's just. This quote, uh, life isn't about, uh, or life isn't how to survive the storm. It's about how to dance in the rain. Now, I'll give you a hint. Who said that? T.S., who's that? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift said that. Taylor Swift said that. I put that in for our young folks because she's... Um, She's a huge star, but she gets it. Oh, she's tall. She's tall. Uh, but life isn't how to survive the storm. We're not trying to survive, guys. The storm will never go away. Never. When you're in this world, the enemy is always here. He's always after you. He's always coming to trip you up, to rob, steal, and destroy. So God says, there's going to be a storm. He says, learn how to dance in the storm. Learn how to, to move the way I move. When it's pouring down and I'm standing on the water and I'm calling my disciple Peter out to come and walk to me on the water. You remember that story in the Bible? In the midst of the storm, Peter, he has enough faith to step out of the boat, then he starts to sink when he takes his eyes off of Jesus, right? But he stepped out of the boat. You got to give him credit for something. I mean, wow. You know, and, and uh, he's, he's trying and he's learning, and that's what we do every day. So I, I just, I, I want to encourage you, if, if any of this has struck a chord for you guys, the renewing of your mind, God wants to, to do that for you. He, his spirit is here. And I want to invite anybody that needs prayer for that. I mean, for whatever. Maybe, maybe you haven't been faithful to, to be in the word. Because without that, we won't survive. Without that relationship with God and his truth being poured into us, we can't live this life. Our minds will not be changed like his because we don't know God unless we know what he says. So I just want to invite you guys to come down. If anybody um, feels like um, they would like to have prayer for, for this particular um, 
you know, thing about renewing our minds this morning. I just want to give a, a minute for that. And then um, also, we have some ministry teams that can come. If you're coming up here for, um, you just come up and we're going to pray about the renewing of, of our minds. And then um, I also want to open up, you know, there's some personal needs I know this morning, um, you know, prayer for healing, you know, prayer for distractions in people's lives. Um, it, it, it is part of that battle that we have when our focus is, is something else comes in, it takes it away from what God has called us to focus on, which is him. And I, I want, uh, want you guys to know that these guys are here to pray for you about anything that's going on in your life anything. So we're going we're gonna to pray uh, this morning um, that God's power would come and God's renewing uh, of our mind would continue and, and that we recognize that we have a role to play. We have a part to play. It's not all on God. God has, has called us to do the work, um, to accept and, and operate in, in the new life that, that we said yes to. So... Um, Father, I just thank you right now, God. I thank you for uh, today. I thank you for your word, God, your truth that, that it was spoken, God, and that, that you have not left us in a place where we're desperate, God, and that we cannot do this because you have given us everything we need to succeed. God, you give us your power and your love and your self-discipline. God, that we can change our minds, God, to think like you think. So I, I pray right now for those that, are, that have come up or even that might be here and in their heart, God, you're moving on them right now. And, and I pray, God, that you, um, you just bless them today, Lord, that you bless them with confidence of who you are, God, and that you are more than enough. God, and that they put off the things of the past, God, and they walk in the freedom of the life that you, you have brought. And God, they would be effective in the world, bringing your change, God, bringing your hope, God, and, and shining your light everywhere they go, that their circumstances would not dictate what they believe, God, but that you would be the one that would sustain them. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.